Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I'm Greg. Welcome to the Daily Bible Wrap-Up, where I go through the readings of the day, the reading plan that we're following on. You can see that. Uh, you can link to that in the show notes. It's all there. We'll go ahead and get started for today. Our readings are Psalm 97, 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 10, 13, and 2 Chronicles 2. Five to 5-1. <clears throat> now, Psalm 97 seems to be another song of praise. It's also one of those psalms where nothing really jumped out at me, at least initially. I think the focal point is to praise the one true God. Quote, those who worship idols are disgraced. All who brag about their worthless gods, for every god must bow to him. New Testament, we're in 1 Corinthians 9, picking up the story at verse 19. Paul says he is, quote, a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. His preaching is purposeful. He adopts his practices to those whom he preaches to. Verse 22 says, yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. He notes that only one person gets to sit gets a prize in a race. So race as if to win. He, he says that quote. So run as to win as if we are to run for the eternal prize because that is what we're doing. That's a pretty famous quote there from um, Paul. Of course, being in the running community, uh, I probably have been exposed to that a little bit more. We continue in 1 Corinthians 10. Now, Paul's calling back to remind the Corinthians about how the people were guided by cloud and walked through the sea on dry ground. But God was not pleased with most of them. So they were scattered as a warning to not, quote, crave evil things like they did or worship idols as some of them did. He punctuates that with the topic relevant to this letter. Remember, this is about the core is about sexual immorality he says and we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did causing 23,000 of them to die in one day nor should we put Christ to test he notes to them that the temptations that we experience as believers are no different from what others experience I think that's important to understand just because you're a believer doesn't mean that you're tempted. And the corollary to that is that just because you're feeling temptation doesn't mean that you're faltering in your belief. No, the the temptation part of it never, never stops. There's there's no off switch for that. But it's how we respond. And when we're believers... We have a little bit more power, if you will, to respond, to deflect temptation. Because as Paul says, when we are tempted, quote, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. I, I've never been down this path myself, but I can imagine those that are caught into the web of sexual immorality, that it, it is a major shift to, to try to change that lifestyle. And... He's encouraging them and us that through Christ, that which you couldn't do by yourself, 
you can do. In the Old Testament, we pick up the story back at 2 Chronicles 2. Remember, we return to this book now after taking a brief pause through Ecclesiastes. Not exactly sure again still why that the reading plan had us flipped there. You know, Nikki Gumbel's um, reading plan, if you are following along or if you're interested, with each day's reading plan, they do have a devotional, uh, which may actually have explained that. But I don't read the devotionals. Uh, I'm just really using the reading plan for exactly that, just for reading. But if you're interested to check out those devotionals, I, I, I've seen a few of them. They're, they're very good. It's just that you only got 24 hours in a day. Anyway, so back to the story. We're picking up where Solomon is preparing to build the temple. 70,000 laborers, 80,000 quarrymen, 3,600 foremen. We'll return to those numbers shortly. He requests cedar logs and other materials from Tyre, as well as a master craftsman worthy to work on a house for God. That King Hiram of Tyre responds favorably. Now, this is all in exchange, obviously. It's not something free. Not like I'm going to give you all this materials and one of my best craftsmen, if not the best craftsman, just for free. Now, the exchange involved uh, wheat, barley, olive oil, and wine. I get the impression that the trade culture back then was pretty mature. And that's, that's I think, a hallmark of, of, of a really good functioning society the way that, that God intended, because not all parts of the planet and not all people have the same resources and the same skill set but when we work together then we can achieve much more we can achieve greatness we can build a temple to god if we work together i think that's the implied lesson here they transported the logs i found this a little bit interesting the analyst in me and i, I, I this i remember from reading before and also i think we talked about it in kings but they transported the logs by floating them down the um in the waters of the mediterranean until they got to a point where then they could transport them over land pretty smart taking advantage of the natural properties of the logs and of course then when you're floating the logs you can use them i would imagine they did this as as a transport ship in itself to transport other things on top of the logs or maybe they just floated the logs themselves so they didn't lash them together i didn't dig that deep and solomon took a census of foreigners there were 153,600, and this is where we get back to those numbers i mentioned he assigned them as common laborers 70,000, 80,000 as quarry workers and 3600 as foremen and then we turn to Second Chronicles 3, where Solomon begins building the temple on the threshing floor of Aranel. Remember, we talked about that before, too. And, and that's one of those little details that I've probably read and kind of glossed over all these years. And I'm like, oh, that's where that's why the temple was chosen there. Now, the rest of this book is details of the temple construction. I didn't compare it with what we saw in Kings, but I believe it was in Kings. But it, it, it's, it's all really just a, um, just a listing of materials and dimensions. Just like Second Chronicles floor is all, 4 is all about a listing of the, um, of the items that were put in there. So I, it, 
I thought it would be repetitive to to write all that down and to talk about it. It's, it's interesting to read the intricacies of the details. And I've mentioned this before, too, that there are people have reconstructed visually um, based on these details, a model of the temple, including the furnishings and the inside. You can actually uh, I don't have the URL for it, but you can you can go in and you can look around and and I'm sure that as technology improves, they're going to make this even even more immersive. Interesting how we can use technology today to bring elements of the Bible to life. Then finally, Second Chronicles 5.1 simply says, I'm going to read the entire verse because it ties everything up. So Solomon finished all his work on the temple of the Lord. Then he brought all the gifts his father David had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the various articles. And he stored them in the, in the treasuries of the temple of God. That's it for today. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I hope you walk by the Spirit today. Take care.